All right, welcome back to this episode of Derm of the Day. This is going to be episode 10. My name's Caden, I'm the host. All right, and in this episode, we're going to discuss two high yield conditions. Um, difficult to differentiate between the two, but if you know what to look for in question stems and kind of the underlying mechanism of each of these disorders, you should be able to be just fine on exams and get a lot of questions right. Okay, so our vignette today is going to be a 65-year-old female patient presents for blisters on her arms and legs. She takes lisinopril for hypertension, and on physical exam, you see mixed erosions and flaccid bullae. Okay, so flaccid bullae, that should clue you in to pemphigus vulgaris. All right, so pemphigus vulgaris, and then what would be kind of highest on your differential? All right, bullus pemphigoid should be up there as well. And test question writers from Comlex and USMLE often like to try to trick you with these because they are so similar. Um, but hopefully we can dive in a little bit more and learn to differentiate these based on their most important features. So, pemphigus vulgaris. All right. What is the underlying pathophysiology or mechanism for this disorder? All right. These are going to be anti-desmoglein antibodies or anti-desmosome antibodies, antibodies to desmosomes. Okay, that's they could word it different ways, but important to know that it's antibodies to the desmosomes. All right. And if you remember one of the earliest podcast episodes we did, the desmosomes hold keratinocytes together in the stratum granulosum, right? So kind of in the middle of the epidermis. And this is why you get flaccid blisters or flaccid bullae. Um, it's kind of more superficial. So the blisters don't really hold together. They kind of are flaccid and will burst eventually. Um, and you'll kind of see erosions after that. All right. And pemphigus vulgaris can be due to ACE inhibitors, right? So our patient was taking lisinopril, all right, also penicillamine, phenobarbital, penicillin. So it can most often be um, associated with drugs or medication intake, all right? And then for pemphigus vulgaris, a key feature is a positive Nikolsky sign. So I know we've talked about um, that skin sloughing with applied pressure. That is key to help differentiate between pemphigus vulgaris and bolus pemphigoid. Um, and then another kind of important feature about pemphigus vulgaris is oftentimes the oral mucosa is involved. Okay. Diagnosis is just made based on history and physical and then basically you treat with high-dose systemic steroids. Um, you can also do some immunomodulators such as azathioprine, mycophenolate, 
uh, IVIG, and rituximab. Okay, so basically just suppressing that immune response and that um, kind of inflammatory response there. All right, and so let's say our patient, same similar presentation, um, they're not taking lisinopril for hypertension this time, so we can just say 55-year-old male presents for blisters on the arms and legs. On physical exam, there are tense blisters. All right, and when, a, when pressure is applied to the skin, no sloughing is noted. What would this be? All right, this is bullous pemphigoid. Bullous pemphigoid. In contrast to pemphigus vulgaris, the underlying mechanism here is going to be antibodies against hemidesmosomes. And the hemidesmosomes are kind of the key to why you get a tense blister or blisters that are intact, not ruptured. Um, so you'll less likely see erosions. You will see most likely intact blisters or tense bullae on physical exam. And that's because the hemidesmosomes anchor um, the stratum basale to the basement membrane, right? So basically, if you get antibodies attacking these hemidesmosomes, you're going to get blisters that form kind of a separation between the epidermis and the dermis. All right, so you have, it's kind of deeper layers of the skin that's affected. So you think the walls of your blisters are a little thicker and that makes them less susceptible to rupture, right? So they're going to be more tense blisters. All right, Nikolsky sign, negative for bullous pemphigoid. And mucosal involvement is rare. You'll less likely see the oral mucosa involved there. All right. And then for bullous pemphigoid, the most accurate test to diagnose is a skin biopsy. And you can also do direct immunofluorescence to kind of pick up on those antibodies um, to the hemidesmosomes. All right. And then for bullous pemphigoid, seems a little counterintuitive to me, but you just do high-dose topical steroids. Um, remember in Pemphigus vulgaris, it was high-dose systemic steroids. So it's a little counterintuitive to me. Bullous pemphigoid is kind of that deeper, tense blister. Um, but you just do topicals versus the more superficial Pemphigus vulgaris. You're going to do systemic steroids. All right. And then member, Pemphigus vulgaris, positive Nikolsky, your skin sloughing with pressure, bullous pemphigoid, the blisters are more tense, harder to rupture, so Nikolsky sign, negative. And then the way I like to kind of differentiate and remember these, um, bullous pemphigoid, think that B-U-L-L-O is below, right, the epidermis because that's where the hemidesmosomes are. So bullous pemphigoid, think below the epidermis. And that, you know, is usually enough to help me answer the question on test. All right. So those are pemphigus vulgaris and bullous pemphigoid. Gave you some high-yield clinical vignettes and also talked about the main features of each. Hopefully this helps you be able to differentiate these on exams and get some questions right. All right. Thanks for listening and best of luck.